At Total Wine & More, find the best gifts for everyone on your list, whether it's a Cabernet for sis or a single-barrel bourbon that dad will love. With the lowest prices for over 30 years, you'll always find what you love and love what you find. Only at Total Wine & More. Spirits not sold in Virginia and North Carolina. Drink responsibly. B21. Where can you find the best gifts at great low prices that everyone will love? At Total Wine & More, of course, with so many great bottles to choose from. Find something for everyone on your list, whether it's a Cabernet for your sis, sparkling wine for a coworker, or a single barrel bourbon for dad. And if you need any help, just ask one of their friendly guides for advice. With the lowest prices for over 30 years, you'll always find what you love and love what you find. Only at Total Wine & More. Spirits not sold in Virginia and North Carolina. Drink responsibly, B21. The only thing left to do now is just to taste these, which is, of course, the best bit. everyone, my name is Talia and I'm the creator of the blog Butter and Brioche and today we're going to be making rose walnut chocolate chip cookies from my new cookbook, my first cookbook actually, Wild Sweetness Recipes Inspired by Nature. If you don't have the recipe, it's linked in the show notes below or you can find it on Food52's website. And yeah, it's in my cookbook in the second chapter, which is called Flora. So my book mirrors the seasons. And so Flora, we start early in the year. It's a spring chapter. It's very soft, but strong, like flowers. Delicate, feminine, ephemeral, flushed. I'm not really sure if that's a word, but we're going to go with it. And it was probably the hardest chapter for me to write. I really left it, well I did leave it to the last minute, which is funny because it's at the start of the book, I kind of worked backwards on that. I think because so much of my work has to do with flowers and flowering that putting it onto paper, I don't know, it just wouldn't come out. I remember getting home from Paris and a few days later I received word that I had to fly out to Italy to do a photo shoot and I really was not too excited about it you know I kind of had a book to write and all these obligations and that was my priority the last thing I needed was to do another red-eye flight and just look like a mess <laughs> but um I did it and I kind of took it as a sign because you know Florence is the home of the renaissance and it's creative and it's warm and and artistic and feminine and floral again and I kind of took it as a sign that that's what I needed to write this chapter. Yeah so I'm very happy to be sharing this with you and to be making it alongside with you too. It's summer in my kitchen and it's so hot and I have all the windows closed but we're gonna try. We're gonna turn on the oven and we're, we're gonna try. So First thing that we're going to do is just gather our ingredients. I'm going to talk you through what you'll need and why as well. So yeah. So first thing that you're going to need is all-purpose flour and you'll need two and a quarter cups of that or 280 grams if you're weighing it with a scale. Next up we have our leavenings. So one teaspoon of baking powder 
and half a teaspoon of baking soda and half a teaspoon of salt, which refers to iodized table salt. I understand that a lot of people use kosher salt or have kosher salt and that's fine, you can use that too. I don't use it, it's not available in my country. So um, yeah, either or will work. And the next thing that we're gonna wanna grab is unsalted butter. So two thirds of a cup or one and a quarter sticks plus one teaspoon, 150 grams if you're weighing it on a scale. And preferably we're gonna have that cubed up and set aside ready to melt down. Um, next thing that we're gonna need are our sugars. Very important, of course, we need sweetness. So three quarter of a cup plus one teaspoon or 170 grams, light brown sugar. A lot of people ask me if they can replace light brown sugar with dark brown sugar. You know, sometimes you have one, you don't have the other. And honestly, that's fine. Like, obviously, I, I recommend just sticking to what the recipe says. But if you're desperate for it, then dark brown sugar is fine. Obviously, it contains like a lot more molasses. So you'll probably end up with a cookie that's a little bit more hydrated, a little bit darker and intense in its flavor and color. So, and 100 grams of granulated sugar or half a cup. Again, nothing excitable, very standard. The next thing that we're gonna need is one large egg that should weigh about 70 grams and one tablespoon of rose water. With the rose water, I think I just want to mention that each brand varies in its strength. I've, I've tried many brands over the years and some are a lot lighter than others, some are a lot heavier. So it really depends on, I guess, what you have. I would suggest starting small if you're unsure and then building up to the full tablespoon. Next thing that we're going to need, vanilla extract, which is also a flower. I think a lot of people forget about that. It comes from an orchid and we're gonna need two teaspoons of that. The most important ingredient, I think, is the dark chocolate. So one cup of that, 170 grams, and it's listed as coarsely chopped. So the coarser you chop the chunks, the more kind of melty large puddles and pools you're gonna get when it bakes and walnuts. So half a cup of those or 70 grams and again chopped. So you can do them coarsely too. I think that's fine. I've been asked before if you can leave out the walnuts and yeah, you can do that too. I know with like chocolate chip cookie purists, sometimes people don't really want walnuts in their cookies and that's fine. You can, you can leave them out. It won't really affect the overall composition of the cookie too much. And our finishing ingredients, fleur de sel, which is like a finishing salt, it's you know, coarse and more granular, and rose petals. So with these rose petals, they should be not the rose petals from your garden. <laughs> like, they should be culinary grade, edible, that we sprinkle over once the cookies are baked. It looks very pretty. They should be very pink and pigmented too. A good tip that I only kind of learned about recently is to keep your rose petals in the refrigerator because like every flower they wither and fade so they will lose their color over time so I think you know a good tip is just to keep them cold and stored and sealed and it'll retain their color for longer. 
So I'm going to be making these at the same time as you. Everything that I need is already measured and laid out in front of me. So if you haven't done that already, I would suggest you, you know, do that too. In French, we call it mise en place. And it literally translates to everything in its place or something like that. And it really just kind of allows for a smooth and seamless creation process. But I'm not going to harp on it. You do what you want. <laughs> um, so yeah, make sure, at least make sure everything is weighed out and ready to go. So first step is just whisking together the dry ingredients. So the flour, baking powder, soda, and salt. Nothing crazy, just no fancy whisking action, no sifting, just make sure that everything is well combined. The main point of it is to make sure that really our leavenings are well distributed in the dry ingredients. So our next step is just to melt down the butter until it's golden. Again, nothing too out of the ordinary on that. So the butter that we cubed up and measured earlier, put it into a saucepan now and transfer it to the stove and turn it on. There we go. I have a gas stove. It can be very temperamental. Over medium low heat and really what you want to do is just stand here with it and, and stir it until it's all melted down. I'm very guilty of this at times, like I'll just like throw it on and walk away and we don't want to leave it because we don't want it to, you know, foam up or, or sizzle or start to brown in it anyway. And turning it off the heat. And so we're going to pour it into a bowl, a large mixing bowl. And then add in all our sugars that we had set out earlier. Whisking until smooth. Next thing, we're gonna crack in an egg and then we're gonna whisk it in to the point that it's smooth or well combined. And the mixture should start to look real kind of like glossy and it'll kind of, you'll notice it'll develop a little bit of resistance against your whisk, which is a good indicator that that's how it should be. Okay, perfect. So once that's done, all we have to do now is just splash in the rose water that we had earlier and vanilla as well. So one tablespoon rose water and two teaspoons of vanilla. Again, if you haven't really experimented much with rose water before or used the brand that you have, maybe start off a bit small and then see what it's like and adjust from there. So right now in front of you, you should have a very kind of fluid, but glossy, sticky mixture. I'm ready to add in the dry ingredients that we whisked together earlier. Adding in our dry ingredients now into 
our wet ingredients and then taking a wooden spoon and giving it a good mix together just until the point where it's almost incorporated. You kind of don't want it to be incorporated fully. You can kind of still should be able to see some like flowery pockets and, and that's really what we want. And then once that's done, you can throw in the chocolate and the walnuts. Again, mixing just until the point that it's incorporated and those flowery pockets that you should that you saw earlier should have kind of disappeared by now. So now that the dough is done, we're going to give it some time to rest in the refrigerator. About half an hour. You can stretch it out a little bit longer, but it does need time to rest. You know, it has to relax and, and develop flavor and it also has to firm up because if you can tell, it's quite a, quite a loose dough. And we want to be able to scoop it and have it retain its shape. So just cover the bowl up, place it in the refrigerator and let it relax and we'll be back in about half an hour and we can bake the cookies off. You reach for the top olive oils and invest in the best pans. But in the kitchen, how well do you care for your greatest tool, your hands? When mine take a beating cooking and cleaning, which is often, I use Bag Bomb to work its wonders on my poor, distressed skin. Created 125 years ago on a Vermont dairy farm, their soaps smell great and clean hands without stripping moisture, and their fast-absorbing lotion means I can quickly get back to cooking. Treat your hard-working hands to Bag Bomb, every chef's best friend. Use code FOOD52 for 20% off your order on bagbomb.com. Good through 2024. So, we're back. It's been about an hour. I got a little bit distracted as it's getting on in the day and where I live we get the most beautiful sunsets. So I was taking photos of that. But um, my dough is right where I want it to be right now. It has the perfect kind of density and, and texture for me to be able to scoop it out with ease. So I've just pulled the bowl out of the refrigerator and set it on the counter in front of me while I preheat the oven. So I'm going to do that now and preheating it to 350 Fahrenheit or 180 degrees Celsius depending on where you live. And my oven has already been configured from when I baked last time. So I have two oven racks inside one centered about in the top third and one centered in the bottom third and I'd recommend doing that now if you if you want to it just makes sure that like we get perfectly baked even cookies because we're going to be baking off two sheets at a time and then rotating them as well also in front of me I have two large baking sheets I use like Aluminium, I think that's how you say it. I can never say it properly. And then I've lined them with non-stick parchment paper or baking paper. The next step that we're going to do is just to portion out our dough into balls. And for this, I'm using a cookie scoop and it's a piece of equipment that I use like a lot more than I thought I would in the kitchen. It's good for things even like cupcake batter and scooping it into paper liners, not just for cookies. 
and it really is like the secret to getting the perfectly round cookie that you see on my Instagram. I really like it and I think this is the medium size and it produces about like a palm size cookie which is like perfect. But if you don't have one you can easily produce a really really similar result just using a generous large tablespoon and then kind of like rolling the dough between your hands as you go into into little balls but this thing just makes it so much easier and neater so i'm gonna just like take a little bit scoop out a little bit of the dough and scoop it onto my like i have a marble slab in front of me and then i'm gonna go through and i'm gonna do it for each one so depending on how generous you are with your scooping you should have about 16 to 20 dough balls in front of you i think i've got yeah i've got 16 I kind of go a little bit heavy-handed, especially towards like the end. I start off like pretty conservative and then just like get some more and more generous as I go along. Or I get lazier, I'm not sure. And so <laughs> what we're going to do now is just transfer them onto the sheets that we set out earlier. And I like to fit about eight cookies per sheet. I think that's like the perfect amount of space because you need to make sure that they've got space so that they can spread during baking. I've got enough for two trays. If you have a few more left over that don't really fit, you can just put them to the side or keep them in the refrigerator or even store them in the freezer to be baked off later and you can bake them from frozen to just fine. So now that we have our cookies on our sheets, the last thing to do is just to sprinkle over some finishing salts before we bake them. I have in front of me some Fleur de Sel, and it's probably my favorite of all the finishing salts. I like how it is very refined and, and tiny, and it has a really strong taste like the sea. But you can use flaked salt, that's a classic, and I think pink Himalayan flaked salt actually would be really pretty against these. Um, so yeah, sprinkling over a very light pinch over the tops of each, not getting too crazy with it. We kind of want our fingers to look like they're doing ballet and not about to throw a punch. A styling tip that I use often is sometimes I will hold off on the salt until after the cookies are baked because that way I can kind of control dispersion and the way the viewer's eye is going to go at these cookies in my photograph and I like to use a little bit of symmetry. So, so now that we've done that, I'm going to transfer them into the oven and bake them off for 10 to 12 minutes, not that long. Warm cookies in not long at all. So the cookies have been in the oven now for about six minutes. I'm just going to take the first sheet out and give it a light kind of tap on the surface here and then put it back into the oven, rotating it around and then doing the same with the other sheet. 
So while the cookies finish baking, I thought we could have a little discussion on chocolate pools and pan banging. I get asked those questions a lot, especially if I pan bang, and the answer to that is sometimes. If you don't know what it is, it's a technique popularized by the very lovely Sarah Kiefer from the Vanilla Bean Baking blog. And essentially what you do is just towards the end of baking, you take the sheet out and tap it against like a kitchen surface, kitchen bench, put it back in the oven, let the cookies like rise up again. The point is to deflate the cookie and to get the chocolate to spread. And it is very, very helpful for doing that. And it creates like a very beautiful, aesthetic looking cookie. I just didn't write about it in, in this book. I, with this recipe, it wasn't necessary. And especially if you cut your chocolate chunks large enough, they will spread. And that's why I kind of take the sheet out and I just give it like a light tap when I'm rotating them halfway through baking. Um, but yeah, and especially, oh, there we go. So the cookies are done. <laughs> going to take them out now before I get back to what I was saying. Okay, perfect. Yeah, so especially in summer, as I am right now, like I'm in a really hot kitchen. The last thing I wanna be doing is opening and closing like an oven door that is just blasting 180 degree heat out at me. So you can totally do it with this recipe and it will work and create something really, really stunning. And that's totally fine. And you can also not do it at all either, and you'll still get something really delicious. <laughs> so now that the cookies are done, we're just going to let them cool on their sheet for about a couple of minutes, maybe two minutes, before transferring them off and onto a wire rack to cool completely before we finish them off. So I'm just moving my cookies off and onto the wire rack they're pretty they're still warm but able to be handled we don't want them to like overcook on the sheet so it's really important to get them off within the first few minutes what you should be looking at in front of you is a cookie that is crisp around the edges and golden brown but a little bit soft and, and gooey and, and puffed in the middle which is generally how i how i like to have my cookies Kind of a mix between like thin and crispy, but also cakey in a way. It has a little bit of like body to it. I think what I'm going to do now is just while these are finishing cooling, because I like to photograph them while they're still warm and the chocolate is melted. I'm going to go ahead and put my little rose petals on the top now. I'm just sprinkling them over and kind of distributing them very randomly. And this step is entirely optional. You don't have to do it. It doesn't really, it makes it like a little bit more thematic and you can eat the rose petals and then you'll get more of like a rosy, but also peppery bite to them. But it's totally up to you if you choose to do it or not. The only thing left to do now is just to taste these, which is of course the best bit. Cookies are always better when they're warm, just out of the oven. I do find though that the rose flavor of these develops as they cool so if you try one now and try one later it'll probably be more pronounced later it's very mellow as it is right now try one tell me what you think and, and take photos too i love to see my recipes and how 
everyone interprets them and if you have any questions feel free to send them my way i try to get back and respond as much as i can or you can also direct any questions onto the food 52 recipe and so yeah i really enjoyed talking you all through this process and thank you for being here with me and taking time out of your day and i hope you enjoy the cookies and i really hope you enjoy the book and i would love always love to hear your thoughts